Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 98, Amari. Welcome to the show, fellas, fellas, fellas. Oh, it's me. I'm your host, Kaleo. There's CB. There's E right there. Uh, Fellas, what's good with you? Yo, man, another week. Here we are. Absolutely. Does it feel like it flew by? It kind of does, actually, because um, I had a long weekend, and so my work week started yesterday. So it, it actually feels really weird being at Thursday when the last, like the last, you know, four of the last five days felt like Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Do we want to tell people why you had a long weekend? Um. So it was my birthday on Monday. So actually, for the first time in a year and a half took a flight down to um charlotte first time in an airport in a year and a half quick yeah oh yeah this was the best kind of flight um because it's funny people were asking me they're like yo why didn't you just drive i was like i mean that's still a six six and a half hour drive even with me going to the airport spending time in the airport like that was three hours like we were in the air for 45 minutes like nice. it, you know this is for me this was worth it um especially since uh we got we found cheap tickets there i, I spent literally like 75 dollars to get down there on the way and then as some of y'all know my sister-in-law is an employee at united and so uh, me and my brother flew on the standby list on the way back Bro, my return flight was even less than my flight there. So we just had to, you know, we ran the risk of not making it onto the actual flight. But uh, on the way back, they had enough seats open. So we were good. Nice, nice, nice. E, was good? Uh, well, uh, happy belated birthday to CB. Uh, you know, He's got to be a good guy if his birthday month is May, of course. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we'll get to um, that part. We'll get to that part. <laughs> but uh, no, that's actually pretty dope. Now it's it felt like this week kind of flew by fast. Um, I just got through working out, so I'm still trying to cool down. You did got through with a, a workout faster than I would have liked to, but you know, still got still got that workout in. Um, you know, just excited for things that we got going on, and you know. Um, it's been a good shoe run here uh, lately, so you know we'll just we'll, if we can keep this momentum going through at least another month or two. I'll be all right with the year as far as the L's versus the W's that we've gotten so far. Which I feel like 
feel like we might need to do a segment of, or not a segment, just the, the whole show of L's versus the W's that we got so far. Because there was some out there that we really, all three of us was was in the pocket for, and uh, yeah, it just didn't uh, plan out as as well as it did. But we here though. It's Thursday, and I got yeah, my, my my Rocco's Modern Life shirt on, so you know, hey, there you go, hey. there you go. The shirt is crazy. Week went by. I think it, it for me it felt like it dragged a little. I think it's because the last couple of days at the office, well, working have been a little tense just because there's a lot going on, and you know you don't want to forget a bunch of stuff. There you go, there you go. Shout out to Patty Cake Piper. Um, you don't want to forget a bunch of stuff, and then it's just a bunch of stuff to do. Man, it, it was a little tense, but. Workouts have definitely helped out. Um, early workouts today, I actually got a two a day in. Um, went this morning and got my did a cardio trip, uh, but I had to shorten it because I had to delay my trip to the gym. So my, my original trip there was shortened, but it was enough to get the cardio. And then for lunch, I know at work we have that yoga hour. So I, I know On for Thursday, an hour, yeah. yeah, people aren't going to bother you because a lot majority didn't take yoga. I was able to sneak out and get another. Uh, I was able to lift. I went back and did um, my my biceps for today. So it, was, it felt good just scanning the card twice to get in again. Um, but yeah, no, these these workouts have definitely helped out just to get the day in mind right in the morning. Uh, I've never been the the morning type workout person, but that let me tell you the, the pre workout. I'm not giving away any free money, but the pre I'm not gonna tell you what I'll tell you off air what it is, but the pre-workout I've been using it's actually really good. Um so that that's helped out a little bit too. So um where do we want to wrap it first? There's a lot, there's a lot to that. Okay, you know what? That's that's might as well, right? Since we're 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 sticking with the the Amari theme or whatever, we'll we'll, we'll go with that. So last week. Shout out to Malia's Kitchen, too, because I went there. Um, I attempted to go Saturday, but the place they were at on Saturday, the parking was horrific. It was at Haynes Point. You remember we used to ball down there, how how bad that parking is. Yeah. So I, I did the four round, the loop four, four times around. Couldn't find parking. Uh, and the worst thing about that place are, are the cyclists, the bicycle people. who are supposed to share the road with you. They don't share shit with you at all. <laughs> Those are the worst people. And trying to maneuver around them after four cycles around is just like, I'm done. And so Sunday, I was able to, uh, they were at a better location, more convenient for me anyway, Sunday. Um, and there was plenty of parking where they were. So I hung out with them. I felt like the, the old men at the, like the crab truck. I was able to hang out with them a lot on Saturday, on Sunday um, and just see how their setup was. And it was, it was a good environment. Uh, I'd definitely go back. So shout out to them. Yo, Yo. Superfly, what's good, bro? Hey, two weeks, bro. Two weeks. I hope your schedule is clear. No matter <laughs> where you at, what you doing, that you got good reception, that Wi-Fi is working, all that. Two weeks. Um but yeah, let's 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 dive into this. So, we got off air last week with great expectations of knowing that uh, the off season was uh, was dropping at midnight. 
my perfect attempt would have been at midnight. It dropped on title. I was in my car, and I'm just pumping it through the, the system in the car. Didn't quite work out that way because it took forever for it to, to drop on title. And by the time we were in the group chat, CB's already like three or four songs in. Yeah. Like, Damn it, he's beating me. I'm about to tell him to pause until I can catch up. But anyways, uh, let's go around. Um, what are your what are your initial thoughts on um, on the album? Tell me. Uh good. It, it's a good album. Um, it fits the criteria of the new generation's uh, short, uh, you know, retention span as far as music. Superfly would love it. Superfly, you would love it if you ever heard thirty nine minutes, man. Thirty nine minute 40. album. You know that's including with the cut. You know uh, some few of the songs where it's talking in in there and not you know non rapping. Um, yeah. But I, I'll I'll give you. I and again it's not a top. I I think it's a good album. Uh, clearly, I think he's done better albums before. Um, and some and sometimes I really have a hard time viewing a thirty minute album more than just an EP and not like another album where they literally put in the work of you know, a, a longer body of work that almost seems like they had to strategically put songs in a certain place to make mm-hmm. it kind of flow all the way through. This could have been an EP and, or even a mixtape, to be honest with you, and nobody would have blinked the eye and still would have gave us, you know, still would have gave him the good the good review that he has. Um, I'm just going to give you my top songs that I listen to on that are on repeat, which are the number one with, with Killer Cam, of course, um, but I'm coming in at number two is the one with Lil Baby and then the one with uh, with 21 Savage. Those are my top three. Um, those are just automatic. Like, I, I feel like, and I know with it being features, the reason why I like that is because I feel like it gives, it's almost like that Kobe and Shaq moment, right, where you have that that back and forth of the you listening to somebody other than Cole on there that's just giving the, that, you know, that raw what he's going to bring to the table. When you get somebody else, I think it's like that level where when Weezy was on that run, anybody who stepped on that shit knew they had to come with their best or they was going to be not even talked about. These people that are on this, these songs, regardless of what it is, even though like Cam's just on you know the front part of it, it's still enough to like give you that part where you're talking about them and not just the actual verse that you know Cole dropped. So that's me. Okay. Um, I texted, I texted Kaleo this after I got through my first listen. And, um, so I'm not shying away from, from what I told him. Um, it reminded me because there was, there was anticipation, right? Like we were, you know, we were definitely looking forward to the drop and what, what we were going to get to hear. And we knew that years of work had gone into this. You know, he we knew that the offseason was coming for 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 a little while. And Cole even told us that, you know, some of these songs were a few years old, um, but he would keep going back and he would keep working on it. And I was like, dude, some of the rhymes on here are giving me like, oh, wait, Lil Wayne vibes like they're they're like we know. Yes, it was short. Relatively, but. Cole gave us bars in every single track. And E, to your point, the features are great. Every like Lil Baby's feature, he 
he murders his verse. 21 Savage, Colin 21 Savage might as well just do an album or, or like a mixtape or something because right. every track that they're on together, they, they murk that joint. Yeah. Um, but I've personally treating it more so as a mixtape just because, you know, with the world of streaming and everything, like we know that this is kind of the, uh, the lane for that naming convention. So still kind of treating it as a mixtape um even if not in like the traditional sense dude i haven't listened to an album this many times after it's been released uh in a little while like the, the yeah. honest like not even gonna front probably since damn like have i run through an album a number of times like after it after it released because i'm like yo i don't need to skip anything and like especially for for this project specifically the meme of john wall interviewing bradley beal because <laughs> there's features on there right being like i ain't never ever seen you do this before it really cracked me up i'm like yo he My put features one. out people yep. can't complain about cole not having features so i really i've really liked it um and you know the show that we do at the very end of december we're probably gonna end up talking about this joint well that's you know I think so. I, I, Crystal ball. I think so. I think a little foreshadowing. Um, so I'll start with the damn aspect. Like, yes, damn was pretty much a nine out of 10. It was pr- almost a perfect album. And then you see the Kendrick silently or sneakily drop two albums in one year. Like another album. Well, if you play damn backwards, it's the reverse, it's the reverse story. It's like, Oh shit. That is genius. In writing and making sure that everything lines up, so that that took a lot of work to make sure you you know they did that, and which is amazing. It's like probably back in the day they used to tell you if you play certain rock records backwards, you can hear people hitting messages. But I mean, the dude put it perfectly together. So I'm interested to see where Kendrick goes if if we get the album this year and where it's going to play in that because I'm assuming Drake's coming too. And I mean, those are the, the big three, the, the big three. And these, those are the two that Cole says that were on, you know, his competition and his boys. Listen, before before you finish that, just just to say this. Um, and maybe this needs to be a, a, another uh, where we just have a straight music topic. But it, for whatever reason, Drake has the best marketing, either mind or people behind him. Because if you realize, he dropped a single however long ago it was. Nobody's even thinking about that single no more. It's almost like he just throws it out there just to see if the if the pan is still sizzling. And like you see the difference in the in the in the the type of rapper, right? How Drake can almost run. He can just do a run, right? And it's still gonna be consecutive, you know, kind of constant. Cole being who he is and the type of lyricist that he is, almost like, you know what I'm saying, like Kendrick can have a barrier of time away because there's still enough substance of what they've already dropped and then still come back with something like this. And and again, I, I agree with CB. Like, I feel like it's more or less like a, almost like a mixtape and it's not nothing wrong with that because he said it's like, Oh, eight or anything, you know, like, like even if it's older rhymes, mm-hmm. you almost, you know, what's going to happen next, which fans like you was going to be like, drop some of those ones that you thought weren't good enough to be on this album, because those are the ones that probably everybody's going to be the, like, the fact that he put in the, so you done, I guess uh, you done. 
I won't interrupt you. You're no, so you got it good. All right. So the fact that he in the documentary, so Cole is, I mean, I can say strategic too. Like you, you can go without a while without hearing from Cole. Like at the KOD had its run. You don't hear anything else. You know, the rumors surfaced about, you know, he had another kid that much got out there, but then like he, you know, it's quiet. Like you see him pop up at protests. Uh, the shoe deal happened and that was, that's been Cole's right. But then, like when the album is is getting ready to come, like the the rollout that Cole had this go around, especially, it just seemed like it was all perfectly, t- obviously all perfectly timed. We got the, the the random tweet started, right? Then the documentary happened, uh, and in the documentary, I know he he said that Middle Child was actually for this project, and now that I'm listening to Middle Child, like does it even fit? Like I, I don't know how much he went back and changed, like because Middle Child to me maybe. Because we got it so early, and we're used to it now, and digesting new music with that doesn't quite fit. Um, but like you said, he definitely mixtape. I mean, he had put it out that he was going to do a mixtape, but now that he's so big, like I don't, I don't, I think dropping a like a a Dat Piff kind of mixtape that those that doesn't exist anymore. Mixtape to him could be just formatting of songs, different type of rhyming schemes and features, right? Because this is something that we haven't seen on a Cole album outside of him doing the the features run that he did, which if you put all that on one album, that's, I mean, put all those together, that's another album. Um, But I, I will say like, I, from start to finish, that's the only way I've listened to it. Uh, every time I put on track one, I mean, it's so smooth. It's mostly the time I'm in the gym, it goes all the way, it's so quick. But I'm already at the end of the, the album. Uh, so rating it, I think it's, I mean, it's good. It's a, out of a 10. I'm it's, it's so deep that I'm still catching things I haven't heard or, you know, beforehand, prior to. Like certain bars stick out, like the, the M on your hat, you Luigi's brother now. That, that sticks out. But then it's so, like, the lyrics are so tangled within the song. You're like, wait a minute, did he just say that? And you go back and listen, like, wow. Um, and the fact that you, there's years of work, nothing is time stamped. You can't tell yep. that he wrote this after George Floyd's death. You know, it's not time that, as far as what year it was written. So it's done pretty good. Um, so I actually appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Because yeah, it. it's, a, it's a timeless album. Like, it, it doesn't date itself. So, and then you know, along with that, like, you know, the video for Amari dropped and all this. While the man is playing basketball, uh, made his debut for the Rwanda Patriots. Um, he, they're two games in. I mean, his first game was a little better. He at least had um, three points, three bounds, one assist. And in the last game, everybody was saying, oh, look at my man Cole out there with the triple single. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough to find your footing. But at least, see, look the man is accomplishing his dreams and he's, he's on a hell of a run. Like the number one album right now, at least on iTunes and Spotify, I don't know what it is in the country, but all that, while you're still trying to be Jermaine Cole, the basketball player. And let's not talk about the raps while I'm over here. Cause I'm focused on this. So what do you think about the basketball? Y'all check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I give him a lot of credit because it's, you know, the, the talk about not 
stopping chasing, you know, those dreams. And he's related his basketball career, like his basketball love with his music, you know, the entire time. Like it's, it's been a huge, it's been no, a huge no. uh, influence on everything that he's done when we're, especially when we're talking about like the mixtape naming conventions and stuff like that. Like we know ball is important to him. And in the interview, he gives a lot of insight um, into just how he doesn't want to have these regrets, you know? So I think it's dope. Like any of us, like, cause I don't know the time frame, like for him joining this team and then, you know, cause ESPN plus is broadcasting these games. They wouldn't have been broadcasting these games if if J Cole wasn't, right. in, you know what I mean? So like, I, am I going to try to tune in and just to see? Yeah, like there's a novelty aspect to it. But at the same time, like, I don't know how long this dude was practicing with them. You know, like we all play team sports. We know that if like, like just some dude shows up and, you know, you got to work him into the lineup and, you know, you don't know the team chemistry and all that. You, you don't know how it's going to go. So there, there's going to be the opportunities to make him into a meme, like after game two, but also like how no one else out here commenting on all these socials are playing professional basketball anywhere. Right. You know, the YMCA doesn't count, bro. Right. right. Real quick, that let me interrupt, E. Uh, welcome to the show, Humble Greek, if you're still in the room. Um, glad you can join us. Uh, like, subscribe, all that. We live every Thursday at 930. Uh, currently, we're transitioning topics. Uh, to address Educated Queen. No, this is not a J. Cole show, but there's a couple of things that happened within the past week that we have to address. We have to address the album, which we did, and now we're addressing the basketball, which we did, and after that, there's something else, a couple other things we have to talk about. This part will be way more in depth, but we just got to get this out. So that's what we are right now, Humble Greek. Appreciate your, your watch. Right, go ahead, E. No, nah, I think, like you said, it. I mean, when you when you when when it comes down to it, the simple fact that it almost plays into the uh it plays into the you know to the uh the brand right you know you know dreams right you living out your dreams you kind of anybody can say that they got that opportunity they are going to take it regardless of who's going to be hating on them but it's the circle of people that was like yo it's dope that he actually fulfilled that with something that he really wanted to do you know whether or not we thought he was about to average a triple double or whatever like you know let's not forget he did play ball before you know what I'm saying? So it's not as if he's somebody who has never played the game before and just all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to use my fame to get on the squad and do this. Like, everybody knows, like, he gets buckets. Like, you know what I mean? He's a, he's actually a, he's a solid, you know, person. And anybody who's in there in the gym, almost like we out here doing workouts, like we trying to get on a, on a you know, XFL team or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, next thing you know, you know, CB's going to be talking about he got a 10-day contract, you know, one of the soccer squads. I mean, you know, we not go. We we gonna hype him up. That's this the circle. You know what I'm saying? If that's what he wanted to do, then that's what it is. Um, but full circle, everything from the album to what he's doing, to be able to be in that mindset to 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 go about it that way, it is it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we know Shaney. He said, "I think I've been here before." <laughs> <laughs> For sure, Shane, Shane the homie. But yeah, I mean, that's hey, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, the fan affair is now you giving people more of a Hold platform. Shane may not be Savage Chef. Shane is Chef Snipe, but we have Savage Savage Chef is a thing for him. But yeah, I think I remember seeing that name before. Welcome back. 
So you look at it and like you said, CB, like we, we watching it, you know what I'm saying? But here's the other thing with that though, that league in itself, I think the NBA, um, I think the, uh, what is it? The, the NBA uh, international, the African league has been getting a lot of, a lot more recognition from the players okay, that yeah. came through. So, you know, it, it actually probably is going to help out where you're going to get a couple of cats that are in that league that wasn't, you know, getting eyes on or, that coach that couldn't go look at him now, you know, yeah, you might stay up until 2 a.m. or 4 o'clock in the morning to see it, but you're going to be able to see that person. So it is what it is. And, and the game is, a, is is way different over there. I mean, I'm glad they picked it up. It's something, uh, look, you need something to promote the league, and this has us watching it, right? Because if, if you told me there was uh, uh, uh-oh. You tell me there was a, 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 a basketball African league before, I probably wouldn't have paid attention to it, right? So I think this gets us gets everybody watching, and I'm glad you know at least he gets to live out his dreams. How many people can say that, right? At 36, right. I, I'm I'm playing professional ball. You know, I maybe didn't make it to the NBA. Maybe this is eyes for the league to see maybe if he is right. But you know, it's just something to do. Uh, let's go here because I think the last one is going to tie up some time here. So this right here, yeah, I hit that other what? view. We used to hit the other view with this view. For this one, I feel like this. I feel like this view is appropriate for this topic. Okay, I got to you. go back. So Joe Button's podcast, right? Uh, huge for years. Spotify deal. Well, did they have a Spotify deal? Whatever deal they want. I mean, they. It's been highly publicized for years. They started going on tour, and you got Joe, you got Rory, you got Maul. Then, as of lately, you know that you saw, start to see some of the the wires come loose with with the show. Where you had uh, Rory and Maul leave for a couple days, you know, go to the neutral corners, and Joe take the show by himself, right, and then kind of talk a little bit of shit about him along the way. Then they come back. Do you think everything's good? The next thing you know, mid while Joe's mid show, uh, internet footage leaks of him find Rory on the spot. So, and and it's layered. Uh, let, let's start with the initial of all this. Have, do you, have you guys watched the Joe Buttons podcast? Are you are you familiar with it? Uh, yeah, definitely familiar with it. Um, we've had sidebars that we've been uh, 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 how shall I say compared to a, a, a podcast. Uh, hopefully, you know the demise definitely won't be the same. But um, <laughs> you know, at at the end of the day, so the thing with that is, I I, I think where it came. It, is, it really comes out of how you talk to people, right? How you talk to people, how you address them uh, in those moments of being funny and joking. But when it, you know, it's almost like that moment where you see like the the two siblings fighting and that one sibling, you know, kind of mm-hmm. does the jokingly, you know, boxing around. It's that it's the other sibling that's like, nah, I got some picked up, you know, frustrations and I really, I'm gonna really body slam you on your forehead. Like, you know, it was like that moment and you looked at him like, where was all of that from? You know, and even, and I think that's what Rory and Maul was kind of like, well, why, if you was feeling this way, why wouldn't you just kind of, why don't we take this offline and it don't have to be a part of what we got going on. Um, and to be sure. Oh, without question. I mean, but for them, and, and it's crazy because I think Maul, which is stupid enough, right? Maul said it the best. And I think it was the one that they had, addressing everything after the fact was their whole system was based upon not falling within the corporation bullshit 
And yet this is exactly what he sounded like in the whole thing of why he had an issue with them was a corporation type bullshit, like the way that he addressed the situation. And it was stupid, crazy. Like it was, it's that easy to be like, he really sounded like a damn CEO or somebody at a corporation. Like, hell no, like they, they, if it wasn't for me, dude. And it's just like, and even Ma was like, yo, who are you? Who, like, this is not the person that we've clearly been on so many shows with that I've talked to in a certain way. And it just, I don't know, it just eats away at it. And, you know, let's just be honest, man. It's, it's, it's a three. That, that show is nothing like he said it was when it was just him. He had to grab Rory. He had to grab Maul. And he's it was a not, perfect combination, you know, combination. He's not good by himself. And we've seen that, right? Uh, so let me, let me give you a quick catch up, uh, Educated Queen. So uh, Joe... Joe Button's podcast is kind of right now in limbo, right? I think he's going, he's transitioning host. Kind of, he, he's pulling a power card because it's his name, it's his show, and the other two guys, they were for years they were trying to get the books. They wanted to know what the show was making because they were almost equity partners in the deal. They weren't under contract under Joe. They so Joe was not their boss. They were all partners they split shares of the show and so for years they tried to get uh accounting they wanted to know what the what the numbers were and when they tried to do stuff like that um accounting would send them like an excel spreadsheet with a bunch of discrepancies on it and pretty much showing that they were forty thousand or four hundred thousand it was it was a bunch of money that hadn't been paid out right um and so along with this like rory is taking uh interviews with um Elliot from Rap Radar, who's now with Title, trying to, I guess, help the show grow, not knowing that Joe already had a, uh, a conversation with uh, Title. So Joe got mad saying, you know, you don't, it's not, it's out of your place. It's none of your business to speak on the show. And Joe was just taking it as if it's his name, it's his show. It was there before they were there, but they're the two that helped the show grow. And so now it, it's a big power play. Joe is feeling himself. The money's probably trickling in just to Joe because it's his name. And then the other two guys are probably fed up because he's treating them like just regular employees. That's the gist of it. Egos and money. How everything comes to into play. How us three are going to come into play a few years down the line, you know. It, well, it'll be one of us trying to explain this conversation and the other two uh, telling their side of the story. Go ahead, TV. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, our story is going to end up revolving around me like being too short and you know not having to <laughs> somehow. <laughs> TB acting different since he got them calf implants. Yeah, he get the, he. We're making all this money. He got those calf implants. He's acting different. Um, I mean, uh, the, one of the so one of the articles because there's been a lot of stuff going on with mm-hmm. the podcast recently, right? So one of the articles um, was talking about how they um there's kind of like this cycle that joe always finds himself in creatively where like he comes up with an idea um the idea kind of works but then it's almost like self-sabotage and then he reinvents himself sees something else new and that starts to kind of pick up steam or whatever and then it's kind of like up oh, doesn't work out um for one reason or another and then he starts another venture you know and then he ended up with the podcast and you know, they, they've had the success 
And it really right now feels again, kind of like a self-sabotage type, type situation. Um, Cause you have, you know, issues over money, which whenever money is going to be involved with people, if people feel like they're not getting their just due and everything, you know, it's going to be, that's going to be a problem. Um, and then you also got like these uh, like sexual harassment allegations coming out, yep. um, which isn't going to help things. And, you know, you have uh, DJ dope coming out, telling her side of the story and why she's no longer doing like working with them um, when she was supposed to have, you know, that off, uh, branch podcast that was basically supposed to build upon what the Joe Bo Joe Budden podcast does, just with more women, you know. Um, like so, basically, uh, to that situation, she during a recording of one of the shows, uh, apparently uh, Joe had been saying a lot of stuff that she f made her feel really uncomfortable with. Um, they had done like some on-air hug where after the fact. Um, she didn't see that he was kind of like gyrating his hips in a certain way or whatever, like seemed real suggestive um, and really just made it feel like a hostile workplace for females, which, you know, that doesn't fly. So um, she posted on Instagram recently, like telling her side of the story, because it was supposed to be a big deal that that the podcast, you know, the, the show that she was going to be doing, it was it was going to be a big deal. Um, and so for it to, you know, she's not going to be involved anymore. Um, you know, why was that? And, you know, her coming out, telling her side of the story, you know, there's just a lot of stuff right now where it really just kind of feels like with Joe specifically, the, the cycle's repeating itself, um, you know, and, you know, people are getting caught up, you know, it's more than just him. Like people are getting caught up. How much of this do you feel may be a stunt? None. None. Yeah, it doesn't none. feel none of this feels like a stunt when we live in a day and age where stunts are so common. Like we normally can see something like this when, um, you know, it's with that type of intent. This doesn't seem this does, at least I mean, e, you can maybe address it from your point of view. To me, it doesn't feel like that. No, not at all. Um, like I said, I think it's <clears throat> even with with the way that Rory kind of broke it down. It was like, look at how look at the way that you were talking to me. And there was times where he was like, I would have just played it off. But then it got to the point where he began to feel like I can continue to talk to this dude this way. Cause he, you know, it's like you give that pass that one time and he's going to keep, keep doing it. Now, Roy just cocked back and just, you know, straight snuck him on the show and just walked off the set. Everybody would no nobody. They would have kind of been like, damn, that's crazy. But they would have been like, Joe had that coming though. Right. Cause you, you keep talking and, and the, the, the difference is the, the the way that the combination of that show happened is that everybody was more in tune to Rory and Maul anyway compared to what Joe was saying. Joe was sitting there doing himself, you know, kind of laughing at his own jokes and, and saying what he, you know, his his boo loving for Drake and, and everything. And 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 then after outside of that, like nobody wanted to hear anything other than when right you know, Maul or, or Rory was talking. And then when you have guests on, they was more interacting with Mari and, and Maul anyway. Well, he was the outspoken personality out of, the, out of the three, right? Everybody else is laid back, right? I mean, his name is attached to the show. It was his brand, his idea, right? So he just felt like he should front run the money. And that's where everybody, and, and Rory and Maul had agreed, or at least Rory did, like, look, you're right. It is your show. You're, it's your IP, intellectual property. 
So you, maybe you are entitled a little bit more than we are, but respect is respect, right? And he threatened to sue if they went, you know, saying that they can't do anything else a year from now, you know, until a year from now, which is BS. But at the end of the day, like, and I agree with Educated Queen that, you know, to me, this, there was nothing about the show that really, really stood out to where, like, for it to have all the hype that it did. And a lot of it was focused around, you know, Joe know, knew his rap career was trash. And he he meant, he references that a lot. And uh, Maul, his brother, was co-founder of um, Rock, Rockefeller Records. His brother's Biggs. And then Rory, I really don't know Rory's story. I knew just knew he was around and he's he's kind of influential, I think, in the music career, music career, well, music business. So and they were all friends of Joe. But you gotta, you know, yeah, Joe is the outspoken one. And the only reason why I feel like I, I kind of because I initially looked at how Joe was moving from the different platforms that he was on, right? And how when you really look at it. You only missed him because he was the outspoken one. But let's let's let, let once you once you get that off after your first three or four shows, then it it, it it's not even a, a thing to watch for anymore, right? Like for you to be like, oh, I'm the you know I was the independent guy. I never really made it big stream. So let me tell you how it is, and you know I'm trying to you know put these young boys up on such and such. And it's like, when did you become the OG of that game? Right? Who who coined you the? O- out of that whole entire slaughterhouse, let's also be clear: you were not the dopest one. And 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 see Absolutely. when I when I when I get into that, then it feels like it's more Absolutely it's more personal, not. right? And I don't want to do that because that's not what we talk about. That's a whole other show, you know. What I'm saying? If we want to do groups and who's the who was the best one out of the group, but like he he was that one. Though. You know, again, he it's almost like, and I'm gonna say because it it's gonna be the segue to the next one. He actually was kind of like the. Kwame Brown of his of his crew, based upon his career, you had one hot hit, bro. Well, he did have the one. That was it. Just Blaze killed that. Okay. Yeah, he did. This is what I've been waiting to get to. Right. This is it. This is this is it for me because this has me in tears. The last pass. 72 hours at least, if not a little bit more. Um, these no <sighs> Here we go. So, this guy, top top corner. If you don't know who that is, that is Kwame Brown, right? Kwame Brown uh, was the number one overall pick when Michael Jordan was he was GM, part owner of the Washington bullets going into the wizards era. Um, this was, this was Jordan's coming out party. As far as picking, this was his, his first initial act as far as seeing if he could run a team and he picked Kwame Brown. Now I don't know. I really don't know the rest of that class, but a, I'm um, assuming was Jefferson. No, Richard, they wasn't in that class. Uh, Tyson Chandler went number two. Pau Gasol, I think, was next. And then Tony Parker was at the end of the first round. He was like pick 28. <laughs> ding, <Okay>. ding. <laughs> Just the fact that there were so many others in between right. that okay. you could have said. And he was fresh out of high school, right? Yeah. So we knew there was going to be some of a learning curve. And then perhaps that, you know, he, he would catch on. 
So anyway, so that that's kind of been Kwame Brown's kind of status in the NBA as far as the, one of the biggest busts in NBA history. Michael Jordan picked him. There was a lot of probably hype behind that because Jordan did pick him. Now, Martin, that would have been the same thing as somebody if Abe Poland or whoever Abe Poland was the owner at the time. I don't know who was the G. If somebody else had picked him, would the hype been around Kwame Brown at that point? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I but mean, if, Jordan he. Him. But he was, wasn't he, was he the first high school number one overall pick? He wasn't the first high school player drafted. No. Was he the first high school number one overall? Like, maybe that's a weight. That's like some pressure. KG wasn't number one overall that year. And Kobe wasn't number one. Yeah. We know what Braun did. But yeah, so, yeah, maybe so. That might, and, and that might have added. To the hype. Uh, let me see what we got going on. <laughs> it's funny that, that's the uh, that's the, yeah, uh, okay. that's the exposure Superfly, that we need. Superfly confirmed. He he was the first high school basketball player in the world. Okay, so now that we've given you the pretext of who Kwame Brown is, now let's set it up because he bounced around the league for a while. He even played in the Big Three, which I forgot. And I forgot he had been to a couple other teams outside the Wizards. And a lot of other people did, too. But anyways, we're doing a podcast episode because we talked about Joe Bunn's podcast. And we're talking about the it was All the Smoke, because that they are, All the Smoke yeah. podcast. And that's um, Stephen Jackson and uh, what's the pretty boy? Um Wow, I'm not even. I don't want to. I don't want to call him. It's a scam of brain right now, and I'm playing on Kwame Brown's He, he brought uh, him up like two shows ago, right? Like, Matt Barnes. It's, it's Matt Barnes. There it is. Um, so they have a podcast, and they had uh, Gilbert Arenas on, and they had um, Jenny Buss. She was on the show too, right? I don't remember yeah. Jenny. Yeah, because but she we talked know about that the those trade. three. We yeah, know that those three were on. There. She talked about the trade. And then that's when they kind of played on, like, oh, they, they took his name out of that trade that, that brought him there. But anyway, so they, they brought up his basketball career. He was the biggest bust and pretty much talking about him. And now, mind you, even when Kwame Brown was in the league, I never heard Ooh. this guy talk. There I never heard him say one word in the league. Then all of a sudden, this guy has gone viral in a matter of a week for being the most savage <laughs> Dude out there, and I mean, and he 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 took the gloves off. This dude is straight calling out everybody, and he's not talking about playing one on one basketball to prove how good he is. This dude is talking about he's pulling up kind of thing. Mutual combat. Mute this dude, and man, he's and he's funny. He is absolutely funny. He brought up the, I mean, he took the gloves off. Matt Barnes situation with Derek Fisher, and I believe at some point he said. I think one of his questions was, you know, what do your kids call Derek? Are they like, he's like a godfather? Is he like an uncle to them or something like that? And he was like, he totally said, Matt Barnes, he's like, you got the nice hair and you light skin. You should be acting like Drake and taking women, uh, people's girls and not having your girl took out here. He called, he told, what did he say? Stephen A. Jackson. He said, like, you act like you big, uh, you big and bad, but we know what Charles Oakley did to you. Called him like a fake gangster or something. Fake like gangster, and he talked about how Gil took money out of his, his pockets when he got to LA. This, 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 that's a lot to digest. Let's, let's, let's go. So, comments. CB, you want to add this first? Uh, sure. I mean, this is hilarious. Um, 
because I was in high school, middle school when uh when Kwame Brown got drafted. So like, you know, when your team has the number one overall pick, and you know, there's always gonna be hope that you're drafting the next great one, right? Like that that's what you're that's what you're hoping for. And yeah, there was a bunch of hype specifically because of what Kwame Brown represented from multiple sides. Um, one of the, one of the uh, like articles, some of the commentary I was reading online, like was talking about where was this side of Kwame Brown? Exactly. Before? Like, dog, maybe <laughs> if he acted like this, like if we, if, if he was, you know, going to become and defended himself because he really, we talk about him being a draft bust because he was not, you know, a hall of fame player being drafted number one overall. But if this dude had gone in the second round, the dude played 13 years in the NBA. Like he had a solid NBA career and yes, he was setting hard ass picks in Kobe's game where he scored 81. But was he the reason why Kobe scored all those points that game? No, he was not. Um, so some of the stuff he's saying it is like really hilarious. And I'm, I, I can't, you know, <laughs> say that he's all the way there. Um, but he makes a lot of good points and he really was, he was turned into a butt of a joke. And like we were kind of talking about with Roy and Mal, it gets to a point where you're just like, all right, enough is enough. And I'm going to defend myself. Like he's come after Charlemagne. For stuff that he was saying, he destroyed Charlemagne. Um, it's actually hilarious. The Phil, like you were saying, some of the stuff that he's bringing out and the way that he's delivering it is full on. Now, why did he um, talk to Charlemagne? Because I, I I didn't hear that part. Is that because Charlemagne talked about his dad and his brothers? So he so Charlemagne, it almost sounded like he was defending him. Okay. He was saying, I like, see leave him alone, but in the like the act of saying, leave him alone. He brings up his entire family history, including like a brother of his that he had no relationship with. Um, mm -hmm. And so he, all it. so he literally just like goes in on Charlemagne calling it, he talking about like a rape charge or something from back in the day that just got settled. And, you know, so he kind of like just got away with it or whatever, like dude going for people's necks. They're from and, the same town too. As us as innocent bystanders, just you know, being on Twitter and being on the internet, there's like, oh wow, like, dude, this is the most relevant Kwame Brown has ever been. And you know, for us, at, from an entertainment standpoint, where was this? The dude missed his calling because it wasn't basketball. This dude is, I don't know. And the thing, I, so real quick, some context on the Charlemagne thing. Yeah, Charlemagne, like you said, was defending him. He was telling. The um, all the smoke guys leave him alone because if you look into, I'm, I'm from this, me and this guy are from the same hometown. I know some of his family, some of his family knows mine. If you look into his family history, men in his family have uh, the, a history of being killers, right? You know, he said his, his dad was someone, um, is in jail for murder. He, he apparently, this is Charlemagne. This is not me. So I'm only re-quoting what Charlemagne said. So Charlemagne said that his dad is in jail for murdering someone, like burying him alive or something. And the only way he got caught, because he came back to town for his check. How G is that? Like, I want my money. 
And then there's one of his brothers, yes, is in jail as well for killing someone. So he was saying that it's in the bloodline. Like, you know, that that kind of thing is could be, you know, you don't ever know what to make somebody uh, snap. And to me, this is the typical finally standing up to the bully. Like, you know, after a while, you're tired of hearing certain things, right? And you're tired of hearing how he's a bust, all this and all that. And at some point, you know, you come out and you say what you got to say and you stand up. Now, I haven't heard anybody respond talking about, you know, they want to fight him. I don't know how crazy, you know, I don't I don't know how far we're going to go with that. All right. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about to be that person. That's what I'm here for. You know, okay. calling my Joe Button part of the podcast, oh right? Oh uh, first of all, Matt did tell him like he was like, if you want, we can box, and then you can come on the show, right? Uh, if that's what'll make you feel better, he said. Stephen Jackson's like 60 years old, so he ain't trying to fight you. You know what I'm saying? Which I thought it was funny because in the midst of all of that, he still making jokes about his podcast partner, which, you know, at the end of the day, like, you can do by that. By the way, you're on screen by yourself because this is all you right now. We don't want nothing to do with you about to say. <laughs> I feel it. That's fine. But I put it to you like this. I put it to you like this. Um, And, we, and we've talked about this before. It's a, a, a portion of it, though, I feel like is real, and I, and I don't mean this in, in, a, in this portion in a hurtful way when I say it. But when did you become sensitive that people had an opinion about you that was about your skill level and not a personal thing? What they talked about was him being in the league never amounted to what his draft number was. We sit here and talk about how, how in the hell did they pick Sam Bowie over Jordan? The Sam Bowie has been the butt of more jokes than Kwame Brown has been because of that. This is true. But at the same time, look at look look at how look at look at how all of this is like panned out, right? Every we've all been and and when I say we all, we've never took a dig at Kwame Brown personally, just professional in the sport that he played. Nobody said like you was a trash ass dude, like you know you're a wannabe, like you're a deadbeat dad. Like nobody attacked his character other than what he did he didn't do on the on the court when did that become that if you look at every espn clip what are they doing they're critiquing the hell out of everybody who's either a superstar or not either they trash or they're great or they thought he was good maybe you know and but that's all right so is a lot of other people that played in the league that all of us know or some of us even played against like you know uh I, I think one of the person I came across, uh, Anthony Peeler, if you even remember that name, I remember right? That, that dude was, he, he actually could have been good, but he was such of an odd head. He swore up and now he wanted to fight everybody and it just didn't work out. And guess what? This is where we're at with it, right? He's not in the league. He got, you know, it didn't work out. So my thing is, but when people say that about him, they're not attacking his character. They're attacking what he brought to as a professional basketball player. So I think where he's out of pocket, and I will say some of it's funny, but then when he's like mentioning like Rachel Nichols, Jamel Hill, hold mm-hmm. up, bro, because you you make it sound like you want to differentiate what a, a male is to talk about and what a female can get in, involved with when the, that I like I swear Jamel Hill is not the one that he wants to go there with like that nope. she she. Look, she Detroit, Michigan, she, you know, she all of that. She she will have all of that and then some, you know, when it comes to him. And she was like, what I said wasn't, 
was nothing right. that was wrong. Right. She quoted Game of Thrones. But because he's so, and that's what I'm saying, he's so caught up in the personal side of I'm tired of being this. When you could, all he had, his response could have been, I had a 13 year career compared to this many amount of NBA players that came before and after me. I made this much money compared to some of these cats that swear up and down that they, you know, had a, had a career. And I'll just leave it at this. At the end of the day, shout out to Jerry West for trading his ass for Paul Gasol and us getting two more championships. Now. That's real. Uh, and and while, while we're at uh, that, let's, let's do this. Um, DC Shop Pie, the official pizza of the We Are El Sutton podcast. Uh, shout out to Quetopolis watching. He picked up one of those delicious um, sausage and pepperoni pizzas tonight, and he was nice enough to share a video of it with me, not the pizza. But um, <laughs> but if you if you use the WRSC10 code, you get 10% off. Uh, don't try WRC50 like Quetopo did to get 50% off. It only works with the 10. Um, but yeah, go to their, go check them out. Um, DC Shop How on Instagram. You can order it. Um, they're wide open. Just tell them we sent you. Put this in there. Get your discount. Uh, big things coming out of that 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 circle right now um, with DC Shop High. Coming soon. We'll announce it soon. But um, Grant, shout out to Grant Thompson and his family. Um because they got a lot of big things going on, and, and DC Shop High is, is going to be the next big thing. So just keep a lookout. Uh, let's just catch up. If you love deep dish pizza and you're in the DC area, you have no excuse. <laughs> uh, we need to run that promo. <laughs> That's true, Superfly, because he turned down a, a face-to-face conversation as well. So, I mean, I guess there's definitely some some smoke. By, like, uh oh, did we lose it? We lost it. So there's oh. definitely somebody must be calling them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now there's definitely some um, some things going on there. But you know, look, he, he may be going through a mental health crisis. Whatever it is, you know, just we hope that man, you know, we hope he finds peace and that he got everything off his chest so he can move forward. Uh, and I'm assuming he's made enough money in the league to where he can live a comfortable life. And maybe he's got something he's getting ready to promote, so he's got to get his name out there. Who knows? But, again. They were um, they were comparing him to some degree to that other – I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the prospect that was in LeBron's class who people were talking about at some point when they were in high school that this dude was better than LeBron. And then, of course – this guy goes through whatever he goes through, never makes it to the league. So he ends up being looked upon more sympathetically, whereas you have Kwame Brown, who literally made it to the league and actually spent 13 years in the league. And this dude is actually out here getting made fun of, you know, because he was not, you know, what we expect a number one pick to be. I <laughs> <laughs> um, had the Joe Buttons on him. Yeah, uh, Cook. Hey. Uh, Go ahead. Cook, you're right, Superfly. You're right. You're right. Um, like, you know, it, it's just kind of wild how that stuff works out, right? Because, you know, if this dude, uh, Kaleo, like you were saying, if this dude was not picked by Michael Jordan, if this guy wasn't, you know, the first high school player to be picked number one, if he had just been picked like at the end of the second round 
or whatever, dude, we'd be talking about him, you know, as one of those dudes that toughed it out. And it was like, yo, he he carved a, a, a spot in the league. You know, he was out there setting those hard ass picks for Kobe. Like, you know, that's what he wants to be remembered for. Um, but, you know, it ends it's it's kind of wild how that stuff works out because you literally have this dude being targeted when, you know, he actually like he he made he, this dude. He played for multiple teams. He had to be signed by multiple teams. That means multiple contracts. You know what I mean? And we're talking about the NBA where these this money is more guaranteed than, you know, our favorite NFL players that might even be more recognizable. It's kind of crazy. And speaking of crazy, this is the portion of the show you've all been waiting for, at least one or two of us, um, where he is going to state his opinion about something, and you're either going to agree or disagree. Uh, he's guaranteed at least one fuck you from Quetapple. And... Uh, so yeah, E, go ahead and then let's set it up. E, I've seen the graphic. I'm privy to all of this. I already have my answer. All right. So, uh, shout out to Ma Dukes because she was the one that helped me. Uh, uh, she helped me curate this uh, this segment. So, Kentapa, you got something to say? You better holler at Ma Dukes because she also uh-uh. got the, she got uh-uh. that nine. She got that nine that she know how to shoot on, uh-uh. on account of me and Sergeant Snipe. You dig? Um, so, with that being said. Um, one of the things that came up, right, since we were talking about albums, we talked about the the type of um, you know, uh, personnel that come out with stuff, uh, really got me kind of going into it. Um, I saw Ma Dukes was watching this movie one day, and I realized, oh, that's you know, that's the original. So this segment is about the difference between the classic and the remake, uh, and we're strictly talking about movies, um. And even though the illustration that's going to come up, I feel like there's even there's not even a close. There's there's no doubt about it that the classic beats the shit out of this remake and this weird ass thing that they came out with 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 Johnny Depp. Uh, but um, I'm gonna actually say, is it just E? But and I'll give you some stats of some of the movies that I feel that way, and one that that, that the homie Mike brought up that I actually agree with. Is that I'm gonna say that it's 50 50 that classics and remakes are not so far apart when it comes to doing the difference, right? When it comes to um, your classic versus your remake, right? Usually you say you can't mess a classic up, or you, you, when you did, when you do a remake, it's not gonna be as good as a classic. Um, but I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of remakes that I uh, totally agree with that are better than the classics. And one, one of my favorite movies is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That Dracula is better than the original Dracula. I don't care how old it was, done with it was black and white, whatever, I don't care. Um, the other one is um, actually, if you realize it, Scarface is actually a remake. Do your research. Scarface is a remake, better than the, cla- than the, than the original. No one um, talks about the original. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, and Man on Fire, again, Denzel killed that role, right? So here you have, you got a bunch of remakes that are actually better than, you know, the originals. However, let's just be honest, where you have, like, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, there's no way, right? I'm watching the classic, 
in all his greatness compared to that weirdo shit that Johnny Depp was in, right? Um, Rose, you know, Tim Burton. I, f- Tim Burton I feel like man. you want to start, Kaleo? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I feel like when the first one is such a hit, I mean, even when we're talking about when uh, studios are doing, um, you know, like series and stuff, it's always hard for the second one to beat the first one, you know, uh, when you're doing the sequel and everything. And we do have some examples where mm-hmm. the sequels are actually better than the original. Um, but on the in the same uh, family, when we're talking about a remake and um, compared to an original, if we talk about the remake examples that we will generally consider to be better, it's because the original joints no one talks about or you know they were kind of like not what we were expecting for example dune is coming out and the original dune movie is mocked like famously in the science fiction community for how bad it was and how it's straight away from the source material and people are actually excited about the remake because of how bad the first one was and it's you know kind of wild to think like, yeah, be, they didn't get a sequel, uh, you know, originally. And, but they're going to get a remake like decades later or, or whatever, you know? Um, and there are certain, I guess, movie franchises that, you know, they do the reinvention thing so many times. Um, you know, how many different Spider-Mans have there been? Uh, even Mortal Kombat just, just had, you know, their movie uh, that came out, which I, I did enjoy. Um, but you know, I, I think that it, it, but it's hard to have a classic original and then do a remake. Like usually those are the situations where it's like, dog, what you're, this is going to be a money grab and this is probably going to be trash. I I agree. One of the, one of the key ones is, and, and anybody who's just straight up about movies, still Magnolia's the classic is there's no way the remake even touches that that are that original that movie in itself nobody can re nobody can redo Weezer you know what I'm saying like that in itself and the characters that were in that movie it couldn't have been done again now yes was the cast that they tried to do the remake it was a good cast but if they would have done it and I think that's you know where it comes to to the to that point right is are are we looking for the movies to be classics remake as in they follow the actual one or are we looking at it as they kind of carved their lane of we kept some of the classic that we we knew the fans wanted to see but we also kind of put in our own you know our own twist to it or at least our own storyline which you you kind of give a, a better thing to like there's certain ones that I, there's no way in hell I would even watch that if they ever tried to redo like seven like if they ever tried to redo seven there's no way I'm watching that shit because that whole movie in itself is raw to the point where you can't get that again. Though that acting the way it was, you can't get that again. Right. I mean, I, I think, I think the. I agree. First of all, the, the original Willy Wonka can't be touched. I mean, you, you just you can't touch it. That's a call. Fuck Grandpa Joe. Fuck Grandpa Joe. That needs to be said. Fuck his ass. Like this dude. 
Yo, this man literally was in bed for 20 years, not doing a damn chore. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. All of a sudden, Grant, he still didn't do a damn chore, but he went to the chocolate factory. Fuck Grant. Just so, just so we get that out of the way. All of a sudden, he, got, he hopped right out the bed into a, a dance routine with his grandson. And it, you're you know, right. His legs didn't work for 20 years. That golden, this motherfucker's got a dance routine? I think go. Listen, I don't care if we don't, do, if we don't do nothing else. You better put that on one of the damn clips. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. The way that CB just went up. Grandpa Joe, man. I think that. When it comes to when it comes to like franchise movies like Superfly said, like Star Trek, um, a lot of and then when it plays into sequels like Captain America's, the Iron Man's, like some of those, like you almost have to stretch a storyline so far. And then and Spider-Man was kind of jinxed because they did that, they had the the Tobey Maguire, and they did three movies out of that franchise, and then they felt it was so bad. That they restarted the franchise, and then that was so bad that they restarted again. And then I think they fi- finally feel like they finally got it right with this guy, mm-hmm. who's actually pretty good. But um, and a lot of people who watch, who like The Godfather, will tell you that The Godfather one and two should have been left alone, and the third one was a money grab, and they should have just kept that out of the franchise. Um, but I, when it comes to like like the Batman's, to me. The Michael Keaton Batman is still a classic, but it doesn't compare. Like when if you try to compare that to the the Dark Knight series that um, Nolan did, you can't put those on the same scale. It just because it's the eras are different and the the purpose behind the storyline are different. Michael Keaton gave you. I mean, that was a Tim Burton film too, but Michael Keaton gave you. It was like the relaunch or something like the first original official Batman movie outside of Adam West stuff. So it, it kind of, as a kid, it brought your, your imagination to reality. Like, wow, okay, the Batmobile was good. And then they stretched it. Batman Returns was, yeah. Then they kept going and kept going. But everybody knows Michael Keaton was good. I mean, that's from Val Kilmer, who was whatever. George Clooney was absolutely garbage as Batman. But then you get Christian Bale, who gives you a different flavor of who Batman is, and the storyline is completely different. So I'm interested to see what Robert Pattinson is going to do. But again, like certain classics, I agree, should not be touched. But I don't know if it's 50-50. Like, I have to go back and do how much, like, the remake was good. And, and like, certain ones shouldn't be touched. Like, I don't want to see anybody remake Back to the Future because I know what that's going to be. Back to the Future is going to be nothing but CG and the movie is going to be overly processed. The, the, the feel about the current back, the Back to the Future that we have now is it was done with like the rawest intent. Like you, you tried to get as realistic as possible because there wasn't that big of a CG back then. So, like if they try to remake Shawshank Redemption, oh. we know that there's no way that the remake could ever be as good as the original. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and then why would you make that kind of decision? Which yeah. is what I feel like some of these studios do. Yeah, it already won an Oscar. There's there's no need to, you know, kind of sh- to stretch it out. I mean, it it, it did what it's gonna do. The story was there. Um, but I think that's what it comes down to, right? Is when we when we kind of give it that 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 test, right? In the new era, right? Is 
the technology is way better, but they still fall at the storyline of the classic. Storytelling right? is, yeah. is key. Because um, I believe, like, Total Recall, like, they shouldn't have redid that. That was garbage. Like, but was the action good? Yes. But was it enough for me to still be like, I'm going to watch this one over the classic? No. And I think that's what it comes down to is the storyline. So 50-50. And also, uh, shout out to Mike who said that uh, the uh, – was it the uh, Shaft with uh, with um, Samuel Jackson was better than the original? Oh, I... <laughs> makes you Perhaps. think. Perhaps uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh... <laughs> Hey, did you remix that? What the intro? Yeah, like there's like a segment, unless it was a glitch, where it kind of looked like you. I'm here all night for the lobs, by the way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm I was here, looking, I'm here, I couldn't tell. I'm, I'm here all night for the lobs. I knew you were going to grab it, so it's cool. <laughs> CB, what we got? Copper Drop this week. Yo, so Copper Drop this week, Adidas is bringing back the OG colorway mm. of the NMDR1, uh, originally dropped back in 2015. Mm. And when Boost was at its peak, mm. like – these joints were really hard to come by. So it's really, it's kind of, um, it's kind of funny just to see how the sneaker landscape changes. You know what I mean? Like a few years ago, dunks were trash. No one was buying them. And now every single drop sells out. Um, before every ultra boost colorway that came out, sold out every NMD colorway that came out, sold out. And now, you know, that's just not the deal. Like it's, it's not the hype anymore, but this is an OG colorway. Um, and you know, between five and six years ago, these were reselling for like four digits in certain sizes, which is nuts. So, um, but it's a colorway that because of that, uh, I never took the opportunity to try to even grab, obviously the resale prices now on the 15 and 17 colorways, I feel like is when they, they did a re-release um you know it's much more affordable than than four digits but uh the fact that they're re-releasing them again um this is something that i would be interested to see if they do like sell out still i don't know what the stock numbers are like but for 140 bucks um this is an og colorway and i'm a fan so uh for me these are a cop but it's not like i'm not going to kill myself if i don't get them. right i agree um it's a cop only for like the nostalgia purpose. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a pair of the original, not just this colorway, but the NMD. I had like the NMD twos and all that, but I don't have 
a pair of the originals. Because I have those neighborhood collabs, the yeah. the joints with like the tiger on the back. I actually bought, I bought two pairs of those. And you got another one with the Chinese symbols on them too. Right, the yeah. Japanese, I believe. Japanese, but but yeah. you know, like there are some of those OG joints that came out that I'm just like, yeah, this is, was a fire shoe. They just don't have the hype anymore. You know. <laughs> um, and I I like this color. I love I love when they did the gum bottoms. This, uh, these don't have the gum bottoms, but I love like the military green. With the gun, mm -hmm. and let's be honest, the bait collab they did, which over fire, yeah. I mean, that's tough, but uh, yeah, I'll cop for the nostalgia purposes and just to put them in the collection for sure. Same here, but I, I, I like I said, I think for me, I actually kind of rock with the gun bottom ones more so. Um, just that in itself only changes, it's just the standout, so yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, who's up first for the soul? I'm gonna say this: we th th this is the third show. We got two more shows before 100. Yeah. I know we're bringing some heat for the for the soul for show 100, but I feel like because things have been good, we all got some stuff for like tonight, next week, <laughs> and all that shit. Like, I feel pretty good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we're, we definitely um, got some stuff lined up. So we were talking about sneakers and L's and wins and stuff like that. I'm going to tell a story about a sneaker win that I necessarily, one, didn't think I was going to get, two, I really didn't care to get. And that's just how the sneaker game plays sometimes. I literally, I told you guys this. I entered the, the raffle with like two minutes left, left out, came back with 45 or less seconds left. It's like, there's no way in hell I'm going to win these. And damn it, got them. So, and, and I wanted to see them in hand because these, these might be a flip. Because uh, the only colorway I'm interested in this silhouette are the Bordeaux's, but um, these are the I'm assuming these are Flint, Cool Gray, whatever they are, Sevens. Um, I've I'm still not a hundred percent completely sold on them. If if it's one of those things, I'm gonna keep. Um, sevens are such a great shoe, though. They uh, they are. It's look, it's got to be the right colorway, though. It's got to be. Look, I think it's Bordeaux, and like I got the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the Raptors. Like the the only Bordeaux are the only ones that are on my list heavy, and they won't retro them. If I only knew someone, put <laughs> the word in. Maybe you should think about the Bordeaux sevens, because I mean, with the cool grays are coming back around, and it's been well. I know of a run about almost seven years ago that they did that not a lot of people. But the full people. scale run wasn't in like, what was that, 2010? 2011 was the last years. time? It's, it's been yep. about 10 years. Yep. All right. Uh, so CB, CB actually said that we've all been getting wins. So, <laughs> you know, um, this was. I definitely needed this one. I'll just put it to you like that. I'll say that. Needed this one. Uh, this is not from the sneaker app, by the way. Uh, this is a shout out to StockX. You know, we definitely going to keep giving them uh, their props. Where come from? 
Uh, but yeah. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> oh. Wait, Yo. wait a minute. Those aren't making it to 100? Nah, oh, he got, got some heat for 100. Then, oh, gee. I might have to pull out two pair on 100. You know, um, just yeah. And 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 to literally say that I copped them for a good price that I wasn't even too concerned about because we had took two or three L's prior to that. So when this came through, wasn't even mad. Good price. And, uh, hold you know. Them hold them up. Let's see. Right, how's that cut? You're, how how are they color? in hand? That's yeah, really exactly. what I want to know. Uh, it's they're, they're great. You know, I like that. The, definitely the rust look on the front that has has that. It, it's almost like a bronze rust. Is it leather? It, yes, it is leather. It is leather all the way through. And then this part is the suede, which again kills it with the, the shoestrings. Which definitely, I am definitely putting what the color shoestrings. Are the shoestrings? In. Are those mint? It's up, yeah, they're mint, mint to go. Ooh. And then there's and then there's that mint right there on yeah. the on the tongue. You gotta so. do that. Sheesh. So yeah, uh, these will get sprayed down before you know they are put on the foot. So uh, yeah, had to. It was it was time. I've been I've been I've been eyeballing these. Uh, mm. So mm. that's really yeah with that. It is Woo. great to be plotting on a pair and for it to actually come through. Like for him to pull that wait, pair out at ninety eight. <laughs> I might have to do some. Yeah, <laughs> digging for a um, But yeah, with dubs, um, this is something I can't get on the sneakers app because it's not a Nike shoe. Uh -oh. um, and you guys already both know that I got these. Um, and I think we were all trying to get them. I, I Foot Locker, shout out to Foot Locker. Yes, this this was woof. marathon continues, everybody. Puma suede, tiny Classic. man calves. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that shit is fire. Oh, no, gold actions on the Puma suede. So you know, all that is dope. I don't know if you can see. We can do that, Quatapo. That's actually a good idea. We could talk about shoe care one episode. Mm. Maybe uh, in one of our our shorts we can do that. Yeah, right. I wonder. I wonder. CB, can you pull when when the tongue when you pull up the mm -hmm. tongue on that one? Are you gonna be able to see that that the merit? Yeah, see that right. I there, think it I depends. Think. It just depends on how you tie them. Okay. Obviously, I haven't worn these yet. Uh, I haven't. You know, I got to. It's all straight. Gotta spray, so yeah. got to spray them down. Alternate um, laces or no? No alternate laces, but the. Uh, What's cool about these, and I don't, I don't know if Puma's doing this with all of their releases because this is also how the Dreamers came, but like it's like the extra paper. Like the shoe is individually wrapped, and then there's two yep. pieces of extra paper in there, yep. you know, um, keeping everything crispy. Um, but also the gray with the gold accents is just fire. That's, so, that's dope. Um, but yeah, I was very happy uh, because I, you know, I texted both you guys, both like a couple days before the drop. I was like, well, these are going to be impossible. Yep. Um, and so the fact that I got through on Foot Locker, I was like, all right, bet. Like, I'll take the dub when I can take the dub. Yep. Man, those yeah. are clean. That's a clean shoe right there. Super clean. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. Good show, fellas. Um, 99 next week. And then 100. I agree. 
coming up on that on that mile marker, that century mark. Um, For the soul, I got some shit next week too, man. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> Dubs have been good. Like. <laughs> I'm ready for a hundred. I'm ready. I want like we need people to be submitting their their stuff to yeah, us too because it's fun to have yeah. like all the homies. So that's what we want to do. I need to get the graphic. But if you're here, you're watching, or however, I'm gonna cut the clip. If you want to take part in episode 100, I have I have some uh, we have something that we want to do. I have a strategy for it. Hit us in the DM if you got my tech my number. Text me if you got CB's number. Text him if you got E's number. Text him. Let us know that you want to be there because in order to, to be part of it, I have to, we have to send you a code to get in. But we... I saw the comment, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and Superfly will be back. Like Superfly is here in the comments now, but Superfly will be back for episode 100. Like, let's do this. So if you want to join the show, give us a, just hit us the DMs. Let us know. We'll send you the link. You can hop in. I remember your late comment, but um, yeah, we 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 getting there. Um, that's that's all I got, fellas. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. I think the, the couple of people that are watching now have Google already done us. that, right? I think the couple <laughs> people that are watching that have already done that. But yeah, um, check out all the way on the Aspen Me and CB. Uh, oh, to, look, it's the weekend. Look, weekend's coming up. Nothing like a Friday night and going into DC where they're. They're building it up, and you can actually stop by Quetapo's house if you want. Um, <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow night, most likely smoking hookah. But uh, there will be uh, DC Shopify. Use our code, order it, um, WRC10. Get 10% off the pie. Um, you won't be disappointed, trust me. Um, and shout out to Grant again. They got a lot, a lot of big things going on. I'm excited about it. The guys are privy to what's happening. Um, that's all I can say. But uh, again, that's it, y'all. Let me get something else. Peace. Peace. Out.